Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. If you were to have that guy in a movie, it would 100% people be like, oh, this is a little over the top. That can't be what reality was. And you'd be like, no, they're probably downplaying reality. Because, like, Billy is just a very interesting character of him, like, just in general, just an interesting dude. With that being said, of interesting, I watched a YouTube outtake of Supergirl, and the lead was doing the Highmark scene from the rooftop from the movie The Room. Okay. Dressed as Supergirl. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. He's like, no, 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 no. Oh, no, I don't do this. Oh, hi, Mark. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Deadpan exactly on That's the whole time. Hilarious. The dress, and she just does this whole thing, and you're just like, oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. So I don't know yeah. if this is standard. When I got my copy of The Room, um, it it was like, it smelled like cologne. Like, I think Tommy Wiseau <laughs> was still shipping them out himself, and I think he had his own cologne. It had an advertisement in it for Tommy Wiseau underwear, like men's jockey shorts kind of thing. And I was like, what the hell? But like, it smelled like cologne. I'm like, this was either stored like in his closet or, right. or he, he like, sprayed or, it for or he was, he sprayed it for you so that the room had this smell. Like, cause like, he's just crazy enough. And like, when I first moved to California, I remember them still having the room billboards up. Like they were up for years. Like he bought out the billboard, like on the, I think it was on the five for like, uh-huh. like the first five or six years. I start I started in California in 2007. That's and, so much money. Yeah. And it was still here for a long time. Like, like, I still remember the room, like seeing that big poster, the weird eyes, like the thing you see on the poster, like, yeah. but like the big billboard, and you're like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, like, and it was like, and it just, it was there for a really, really long time. Well, now time. I want to go smell my copy. Yeah, right. Smell so, you uh, later. speaking of smelling your copy, uh, hey, welcome to this week's episode of I knew you were going to do that. podcast. <laughs> I know it was too good to pass up. Uh, this week we are reading uh, Invincible Iron Man, Iron Heart. Uh, I don't think there's any slashes in there. It's just a very long title. Um, but this is the first book of Riri Williams, at least in this run. I get the impression the character was introduced elsewhere, but this was her first solo book is what I think was yeah, going they, on. Like, they reference like Civil War and some other things. They go all the way back to Civil War reference on that? I want to say they did. Oh, okay. Anyway, I didn't think she's been around that long, but uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so we have the standard sniffing group uh we have todd we have lena we have adam we have me i am brian um (laughs) thank you for that todd i appreciate it uh so yeah so this is uh, the third book in our um uh black history month um and uh we have uh an african-american girl as iron man um also smarter than everyone else in the world on this which is kind of fun and uh some kind of fun blog posts that are very indicative of uh shakespearean narration of like in case you haven't been paying attention for the last five hours this is what's going on uh, which i find very handy sometimes so, um, anyway, Mr. Adam, what is our cocktail for this week? Our cocktail is called the Repulsor Blast. You're going to take an ice-filled shaker. You're going to add one ounce of cannonball rum, a half ounce of cranberry juice. You shake the shit out of it, and you strain into a shot glass. Okay, cool. That's straightforward to the point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like, <laughs> you know, it's a punch to the mouth. It's just like a Repulsor yep. Blast would be, so. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, Carrie Bradshaw approves. Carrie Bradshaw approves. Get me drunk and get it quickly. Uh... <laughs> Todd, do you have a drinking game rule for this week? Jesus, Tony, you're even annoying when you're dead. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, every time she's talking to her AI and she's frustrating and he's frustrating to her, you get to take a drink. Okay. Uh, Ms. Lena, do you have a drinking game rule? Black Lives Matter. Ooh. 
Okay. Uh, when there is, and there's a, a bit of a reference in there, uh, kind of it, when it, when you see the, uh, when you, when you're reading and you get that, that bit of, um, Oh yeah, she's not white, and so her neighborhood is a little bit different than uh-huh. Tony's was. Yes, take a drink. I okay. was just really surprised when Medea showed up. Yeah, <laughs> true, but uh, you know, very necessary to the plot. Sure. Uh, <laughs> hey, Mr. Adam, <laughs> what is your drinking game rule? Uh, mine's called Smarty Pants. Every time they reference how smart Riri is. Okay. Um, and mine is called a rose by any other name. Um, every time she has to tell someone her name or correct them on her name, because uh, I think what Pepper Potts calls her the wrong name like five times. Uh, yeah, it's so, not row, row, row your boat. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, cool. Lena, what are your thoughts on this book? Well, the fact that Pepper didn't get her name right is actually kind of, you know, not surprising yeah. considering the fact that who they had casted as her in the <laughs> MCU, I feel like... <laughs> She doesn't even know what accurate. movie she does. Yeah, no. Well, did I do that movie? I didn't do that movie. I did? <laughs> Such a, well, and it's just the fact that, like, so many people have been, like, I've introduced my, like, we've introduced my, like, each other so many times. And, yeah. she, like, she's in her own fucking world. Anyway, um, Tony's annoying. Uh, I did read this in uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s voice. Oh, you, you can't not do voice it. Yeah. That's the only way. Yeah. He is Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um. I really liked this. I really loved the beginning where the principal was like, she's causing issues because she's bored. Yeah. Understand something. You have to show her love because if you don't, if you don't get her to be social, if you don't get Mm -hmm. her to do these things, she could. So it was, it was refreshing to read something that was, Mm very clear to the parents yes (laughs) like Like, this is how you'll be a good parent to this child to this child because she is different yeah she's very smart yeah and she has the ability to turn into a supervillain if you're not careful yeah and being that they live in a world where supervillains exist yeah it's a very interesting conversation to be had, which mm-hmm. I really, really liked. <laughs> this um, is a viable option. Let's have her not choose that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's just it because <laughs> and I I think it was it's something that you don't really think about because well I mean we do have supervillains in our world, yes. you know, leader of of uh Amazon. But like <laughs> the fact is is that I mean he looks like Lex Luthor. I think that's really yeah. what he's going for. Well Elon Musk looks like I'm the bad two guy degrees from, from him, by the way. Yeah. Playing the game. I'm two degrees of separation from him. Lane. From from Bezos? Bezos? I, I, I know the connection. Uh he's not wrong. He's not making this up. I'm not wrong. I'm two degrees <laughs> from Jeff Bezos. Are you okay. in his will? That would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> is anyone in his will? No. Anyone? No. All the Amazon. No, he's workers. just gonna take all that money with him. That's what's gonna mm-hmm. happen. Um actually, so Lena, sort of piggybacking on what you just said, uh, it it reminds me of like the the standard joke. It's sort of like one of those dad jokes that everyone tells. You know what I mean? Like the "Is it hot enough for you?" or uh, "I'll be your waiter." Oh, I'll be your customer. Kind of things. There's like always the standard joke of why are there so many supervillains with higher level degrees? There's so many Doctor Dooms, Doctor Whatever. That would actually explain it. Like just from a you know like oh yeah cultural way. It's like yeah okay that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, it's because even in Big even- Bang Theory. They would oh. joke that Sheldon is two decisions away. Yeah. From yeah. Being the I mean, and that's, that's the whole thing when you're that smart and you're smarter than everyone else. 
you you're you're steps ahead of everyone mm-hmm. so you could easily eat i mean if you really think about it tony kind of was a villain at the beginning yeah right? absolutely was yeah everything he did was about just making money and creating weapons and it wasn't until his own life was in jeopardy and that he saw the, you know, he got the repercussions of his mm-hmm. bullshit that he diverted, you know, in a different Sounds way. But like, like <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, and so I thought that, but I, that's why I love that. It's a, it's not a huge part of the whole series. It's, but you can, t- and it is funny because when they're at the barbecue and the stepdad is like, it's a beautiful day today. And she's like, yes. I know. <laughs> and her friend is like, he's just be, you know, he cares about you. And she's like, no, they just think they have to be nice so that I don't turn into the next Dr. Doom. And I was like, <laughs> it was funny because it's in, in True. that kind of world, it's, it could be a reality. It's mm-hmm. not a crazy thing for them to worry about. Um, we don't want I, to happen. This is how you make doom happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I really, it, again, it's such a small part, but I really enjoyed that because um, it was this like, be careful. Cause this is the problem. Um, the other thing that I liked about this with the, the, and again, there are tinges where they highlight that she is a different race. She lives in a different kind of neighborhood, even though she's extremely smart Um, there aren't so many things about her being black as there are that she's young. Um, I don't think I realized in the first part of it or like during her first, um, fight or whatever, that she was only 15. Which also Uh, is one of my favorite lines in the thing where Tony's training her with all the robots because, you know, technically this is child abuse. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was when I was like, how old is she? Um, and, uh, and I really like just the the fact that like every time she wanted to, to read, she wanted to talk to Tony or she wanted to see like he he'd only show up when he wanted to show up because yeah. well, it's Tony. So he's like know, an asshole, um, uh, Jiminy Cricket. Even an asshole in death, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so even if, but if anything, it fits right in with the way that the last uh issue ends with him talking to oh what was her name uh it's um friday yes friday when he's talking to friday and he's like how do we stop the good from the bad you know hurting the bad and she's like i don't know what you're talking about and he's like it's the humans and i'm like oh don't tell me yeah this really is like transcendence yeah or or it's it's just going into another ultron thing or something like that too right yeah yeah so it just it was that i'm just like okay we've done this can we we just not i don't know like i know yeah. tony's kind of a pain in the ass but like like the yeah. whole reason that he died was to save humanity and yeah. like i'm just well it almost makes sense because when you take someone who's technically speaking as logical and as smart as tony stark and you take away that emotion mm. where else is it going to go yeah I mean, it's it's mr mr smith or from, uh, yeah yeah so you thing. take you take pure logic be like hey how do we how do we save bad things from happening well it's the human's fault well obviously if it was a human tony he'd be like well no because there's humans i love whereas in this one there's that there's no empathy there mm-hmm. yeah yeah so. Although that being said, it, it made me not want to read anymore. <laughs> oh, really? Up, I was like, I'm out. I don't care anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, I, it definitely, once we hit that part, I just, it also has that like, um, Terminator kind of thing where yeah. it's like the rise dun, of the dun, machines. Dun, 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 dun. And I'm just yeah. like, 
All right. We could have gone so many other ways with this. And this is how you guys decided to end it. I'm just like, wasn't there a Skynet joke in here somewhere? Yes. Yeah. That didn't like Friday was like, Oh, it's like, that's a great movie. And then she's like, just kidding. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah, she. I forget what she, what what the um, the actual line was, but she does make a joke about the machines taking over or whatever, and she's like, "Just kidding," mm-hmm. or she's like, "Joking." Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, but it's those things where I was like, "Okay," but the Dory's, you know, the storyline is interesting. She's a cool character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, the things that I really, that really stuck out to me was that conversation with the principal when she was young. And I was like, mm-hmm. God, that's so interesting. And I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. Um, and unlike the parents in frozen, <laughs> uh, they actually were good parents and not, um, yeah. locking her away and all the other crap that mm-hmm. they did in frozen. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I always thought. It's, I read it. I think I read it somewhere, but I thought it was really interesting. Is the fact that when Elsa goes bad, they already have pre-built like those handcuffs that cover her whole hand, so she can't cast spells. Built, uh-huh. and it's like, wait. So her parents were prepped to imprison their own daughter. Like they had this pre-built, ready to go, just in case. Which is kind of fucked up if you think about it. I mean, my parents imprisoned me with religion, so I get it. Yeah, I so. got you. Yeah. Well, Adam, what are your thoughts on uh, Ironheart? It was completely different than I thought it was going to be. And it, it both in good and bad ways. Like mm-hmm. I, You kind of knew it was going to be the origin story. Yeah. You always have to have how where they came from, how they got there. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of actually the beginning, aside from the principal saying, like, hey, make sure you teach her empathy, like as we yeah. kind of discussed. And I understand it, it was a way of showing, like, hey, this is the, where she's from. It's it's a different culture than we're used to as, as you know white people, mm-hmm. in a sense. But I didn't need another Batman in the alley slash Uncle Ben dying to set up this character. And I really feel that as much as you know, these people can get into the lifestyle of fighting crime and, and being vigilantes, in a sense, or trying to do what's right, but you always need to kill someone to show you that you need to know what to do is right. Yeah. Like, if anything, the whole point about her being, uh, you know, or trying to teach her empathy and everything else that's the kind of shit that would happen to you that would turn you into a bad person Mm -hmm. we've talked many many times in this podcast about how you know we're all only one day away from from being a villain and i guess it is a testament to her and also the way her parents raised her that she took the right path and didn't take the path to villainy Mm -hmm. so that is kind of a powerful moment but at the same time it's like if i have to go watch one more spider-man or batman movie i'm gonna go yeet the parents myself Mm -hmm. because i just i'm done with that (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, but now that being said, and I think it's far enough, you guys all saw Spider Man, right? I haven't decided yet. Okay. Well, I'm not going to say anything. The Spider Man movie I saw was when Doc Ock showed up the first time. (laughs) Oh, you're missing out. You, well, you got to skip a couple. Uh, Oh, just a couple. Did I tell you how weird that screening was? No. No. The the newest Spider Man movie. So they had to show it to us at 8 30 at night because they had to wait for the actual Hollywood premiere to be done with. Uh-huh. Then it was critics only, no guests. They took our phones and our smartwatches, mm-hmm. and not even the studio reps could be in there. Like oh, really? it was literally only press. And don't get me wrong, it's amazing. And I, I was going to say something, but it's a spoiler, so I'm not going to not going to put it on here. Um, but it's yeah, been it was out for more than a day. Everyone knows. I know, but well, you guys may not know, so I don't want to say. I it don't know. Yeah, I'm so not going to say it. I am such a disappointment. Like at work, people are like, "Oh, have you seen this? Oh, have you seen this?" I'm like, "No, man, I got I got other shit going on." Like I'm like. I'm, I'm reading a lot of comics right now, so I haven't seen a damn thing. Like, I'm way behind on all of this. So, I have a couple of the, of the managers at work that I work with. They, uh, it's so funny because they love to geek out with me. And mm-hmm. one of them was super excited to sit down and talk Spider Man because, you know, he finally saw it. Like, it was, well, finally saw it the weekend, op- opening weekend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
And then we were, I was at, I was with him working, doing some stuff and we're going to talk about it. And then we got way too busy and couldn't do it. Uh-huh. Well, then the next day I was at one of his coworkers place of business and we started talking about it. I was like, oh shit, I was supposed to talk to so-and-so about this. Text him right now and tell him Adam likes you more because he's talking to you and not him. Uh-huh. And dude, he got so butthurt. He like called me like offended. He's like, how could you? Like we were going to have <laughs> this moment to talk about Spider-Man because I've been so excited. You went and talked to him instead. I'm like, yeah, it sucks wow. uh, no, it wasn't serious. It was just we have a lot of fun together. Uh, but going going back to the book, so I'm kind of like, as much as I think it's she's an interesting character, like I feel like I wanted to see more of her because it kind of felt like Tony Stark took over the book. Oh, okay. That's an interesting point. Yeah. It's, it, as much as, you know, she's the main character and she's building the new Iron Man suit or whatever, you know, Ironheart, you know, she's the female thing her was kind suit. of funny. Yeah, her yeah. suit, it's her, it's her thing. And you did get some really good moments with her and Pepper Potts and, you know, the, the ninja things and the inhuman and stuff. It really felt like in a lot of scenes she was taking backseat to Tony Stark. And as much as I enjoy Tony Stark and I, I like his, I like the character in the MCU. I'm not a big Iron Man fan as far as the comics go. Uh, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was her book for a couple of the books in the middle. Uh, and I kind of think that that detracts from the whole the the book as a whole because this is her story, and we've got the tragedy that kind of makes her into the superhero she is now. But she still needs this old white dude showing her how to do everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, it, that just yeah. I, and it could honestly be because I'm just I'm on you know at the end of my Sundance run. I've watched yesterday. I learned I cannot watch more than six movies in a day because I will not be able to oh. sleep that night. Yeah, I hit I hit seven yesterday. And I went to bed and I couldn't like shut my brain off and I kept on waking up. So I ended up sleeping in way late than I normally do, which means I missed other movies. But oh well, it's I've got two left and I'm done with my run. But I was talking with uh, Lena Did you watch yesterday. The movie with the uh, Mormon missionaries in Scandinavia. Uh, I actually had that one, and even though I'm on PTO, I had to work two days, so I kind of missed that one because that was one of the okay. ones I have to watch. Most of them you have a 72 hour window, but that was one of the few I had a four hour window, and uh-huh. it just didn't work out. But I had that one actually. I was going to watch it, but the one I watched yesterday that I loved was called uh, and Soul Side Tangent, but it goes back to the book Brainwash Sex Camera Power, and it was this woman who is a filmmaker and she teaches like UCLA and stuff. And it's, it was based on a, uh, a class she did about the male gaze and everything else. And Lena, I talked to you right away because we always talk about the male gaze in this, but she was breaking down scenes of movies and saying how point of view and lighting and everything, all these things, like mm-hmm. how really these things Suicide are. Suicide Squad is amazing for that. Oh, they had clips of like a hundred movies and they had three or four from Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And like one of the was... Suicide Squad and then the uh, Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. So they have the same character with the male director versus female director. Well, and she even brought up the point that because we're so ingrained in us, we don't even realize we're doing it. A lot of female directors do the same things because that's just how they're used to seeing movies. But there's a whole big point about when you see a woman in in frame, a lot of times if she's sexy, you don't ever see her all in one frame. It's like her legs or her butt or her like chest. And then how it pan it was it was amazing. And like Lena, I almost was gonna say I'll, I would buy you a ticket to see it, but I think the screen time's already passed for it because there's but yeah, when it comes out, but it was so on my mind because I, I saw that before I read this book about how everything's so male centric that the Tony Stark things really popped up. But it could just be because that was my state of mind upon. No, I think this, I actually but. think you're right. I think you have a very valid point in there. I just hadn't thought about it that way, but I think your point is 100% valid. But anyways, so it's is it a bad book? No, I, I, I did enjoy it, and I think there's a lot of cool stuff in there. I just feel like it missed the mark on a couple things. And then, yeah, that last panel were, and maybe just because I'm so used to when we did Fairyland, how every single story, there wasn't an overarching story, but each single one was kind of Mm self-contained. 
and we don't right. read much Marvel or DC. We, you know, a lot of stuff we do is indie. So either it wraps in a book uh-huh. uh, or is a, like with March, it's, it's going forward from what we had before. Uh-huh. So maybe I was kind of spoiled with that, but I didn't like the cliffhanger. Like when yeah. the Tony AI is like, Oh, it's the humans. I'm like, fuck me. Uh-huh. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> this is the dumb. Like, I don't, that's why I said, I don't care anymore. Like normally I'm like, yeah. if it was Riri, I would want to go read the next one. I think they're still for free on unlimited, but I just don't care now. And as much as I may have enjoyed parts of this book, I have no interest going further. So, and yes, the Scotty Young cover variant. Yes, I saw. Of course I saw that. <laughs> he looks like a, a version of um, Gertie, which always makes me laugh. So, <laughs> but when I saw it, I was like, hey, that looks familiar. So. Hey, uh, Todd, did you read this in physical form? I sure did. Okay, I'm I'm wondering if you had the same issue I did, but uh, what are your thoughts? So, a few things on it, and I want to talk about some of Elena's and Adam's. Is, um, so, this was written by Brian Michael Bendis, who has written everything Marvel has to offer <laughs> at some point. You name a Marvel character, he wrote it, and why did he leave Marvel? Because he did it all. Mm-hmm. With that being said, if you look at Brian Bendis, he looks like Kingpin. Yes. I mean, he's lost weight, but he's like, what does he look like? Like, think of D'Onofrio and Kingpin, and you're like, that's Bendis. Yeah. But he's a nice little Jewish boy. But um, with that being said, Bendis in his own life has adopted a number of kids, mm-hmm. and they don't all look like him. Yes. And so he has written a whole bunch of stuff and parts of people talk about, I want to see myself in things. And he has intentionally gone out and done this sort of thing. So mm-hmm. even with the more recent um, Naomi on DC, there's even a CW show. Yeah. Uh, Naomi is not white. Uh, Riri Williams is another example. And in part, he's doing this for his kids. Yeah. Right. Because he has a mixed race family. Yeah. It's a big family, and people's like, oh, where is this? And he's like, I can do something about this. Mm-hmm. And how it's going. And also, original IP is always a good thing. Yeah. And his touch on the Marvel Universe is, um, I uh, often listen to a, another podcast called Word Balloon with John Centris. There are other podcasts? No. I know. Okay, Thou shall not have any other podcast before us. No, no, no. But Word Balloon's amazing, and not enough people listen to it for how awesome it is, because he gets all of the great creators on there. And Bendis comes on all the time called Bendis Tapes, and there'll be a three-hour throw-up conversation. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. But even talking about the other thing, even while the MCU was still in a bit of its infancy for many years, is uh, Bendis was the only non-executive that would be in the room talking about direction things going and stuff like that it was interesting but what from bendis's direction is he has done everything and he's read i mean he and we've read a lot of bendis jessica yep. jones big yep. fans of Os morales powers we did that yeah and there's been plenty of stuff here so you've got riri and you've got a character of tony that has died and you have this new one taking the place in many ways is much like Tony with their own spin is you've got someone mentally and adeptly um, superior than Tony in many ways. He came into his own, but she has a head start age wise with the level of where she's at. And if the goal of this book is watching and it's going, hey, how can I? It's just a as a um, Tony died. And this was an opportunity with Tony's death to do something a bit different. This was a lot of fun. And yet Tony's still there. The title is still the Invincible Iron Man. So you have Invincible Iron Man and Iron Man died. So who's the next Iron Man? We're all Iron Man kind of a deal. Uh-huh. Nah, not really. But you've got Riri going on here. And I love the character of Riri. You have the thing at the beginning of don't let her be a villain. You're not smarter than her. And I love that with Elena going. <laughs> 
dude, this kid's going to outstrip you in every way there, but what you can teach her is humanity and the importance of it. Mm-hmm. And that is great. And you don't necessarily need the smarts to show that, um, you know, love conquers all the whole thing, but show the love and instill that with her. And you've got that going on. And even though near the end of it, the sky net and it's the human's fault, it just goes back to the humanity of it. So you've got this Tony that's lost all his empathy and he's lost everything there. And we don't know what's next on the cliffhanger. But what I can tell you, and I haven't read beyond this, but with it, the Riri, she, the importance and the thing at the very front is what's important about Riri is the importance of the humanity that's been instilled and in place. So the most important thing about her is she's incredibly smart, but what's her parents giving to her? Her humanity and her love of humanity. And without reading further, I think that is going to be the overarching thing and the superior aspect to Tony, that even Tony lacked to a degree, that's only exemplified as a program. Yeah, um, I think also part of that, um, your conversation about the uh, making sure that you teach her love and empathy, it kind of reminds me of, of what my personal opinion of, of Superman is, where it's like, what mm-hmm. makes him a hero is what he was taught by Ma and Pa Kent, not the right. fact that he has strength and all sorts of stuff. And that's sort of the same thing here, like what makes her hero is the fact that her uh you know parents were successful in you know raising a child with empathy and 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 kindness and that kind of stuff um the only so yeah heroism is the restraint yeah absolutely um which there are a lot of lessons to be taken from that one but uh the only issue i really had in this book and i was going to see if todd had the same issue is reading it in physical form there are a lot of two-page spreads that mm-hmm. are not immediately obvious that they are two-page spreads. Like, so I'm sure as digital, you wouldn't necessarily see that. But like more this in this book, more than almost any other book I've read recently, I would get lost as to where the conversation was going because like I would think it was all on one page and it was actually across two pages. And like I didn't know sure. if, if you had the same issue with that. It's like it's a weird layout problem, which doesn't necessarily affect the character or the uh writing but the storytelling from the visual aspect i had some problems with it and i don't know if todd if you ran into the same issue that i did yeah it's there a little bit i mean it's um it's no jh williams the third yeah right if you want to talk about the real challenges there but even on the flip side there jh well his, his was so um i'm not i'm not saying off-puttingly purposeful but his was so um different than standard that you're like all right i need to be careful while i dive in here while this is subtly two pages versus yeah. one and the subtlety of it can be the issue did i catch myself a few times going wait a second these thought bubbles seem a little bit disconnected let me try yeah. again that did happen a few times for sure and it's um i will say the bendis bubble run wasn't mm-hmm. terrible in this book no it wasn't it was there a bit but it was it wasn't terrible by any means and as that was going through and it's um the art was good it was fine i mean it felt very much a uh, marvel style yeah mm-hmm. i like the art a great deal my issue was with the layout with the layouts and going of where do i read next is it a two-page layout versus a one is the the big challenge of it is they would so subtly have the frames overlap or not when you have that crease in the middle of the book you're like hmm but, which sure. also, I will yeah. totally admit, probably on a single issue is not a, as much of a problem as it is in a collected edition where you don't necessarily see the center of the pages as well. That right. 
is gutter loss. You know, yeah, like there's a lot, a lot there that I think is potentially part of the issue, which maybe needs to be taken into consideration. Maybe not. I don't know. But that was that was one of the few things that sort of tripped me up on this book more than it does in a lot of other places. So I was sort of surprised by that. Well, and that's one thing I, I was I put up to the camera to show you guys is that mm-hmm. you know in the digital one when it's a one page spread, it's yeah. in a portrait kind of mode, and then when yeah. you go to the the other one, it's landscape, and it does go across easily. So yeah, that's why you know you probably said well, we didn't notice it. Digitally when I, I knew you guys wouldn't because of the digital, which is why I was curious if Todd had read it in a physical copy, sure. because I, I knew it was an issue I specifically had from a physical copy situation. Because yeah, yeah that's is, that is one of the lovely things about digital is it will it will hold your hand through the whole thing if you want, which I do kind of love having Unless it. Unless it's J.H. Williams III. Ask, well, yeah, Adam. How was Batwoman to read digitally, Adam? <laughs> we won't, I didn't, that's the only book we did that I didn't finish because of yeah. the format, and Kindle has now fixed that. So oh, I have cool. one I was... Yeah, because there was one that was only available digital on Kindle, and it was too late to order the physical. I, I thought it'd just be on Comixology, and that's why I check weeks in advance now. Mm-hmm. And so sure. I downloaded the sample you can get, and it does read like Comixology. So they did uh, steal some of the UI from Comixology for the Kindle app. Not why it's only on Kindle and not Comixology, I couldn't tell you. Uh, Comixology still does it better, but the the Kindle format is. is you do much know Comixology is getting ready to go away. Is it? It's just being folded into Amazon. But I love the comic. Well, I, I guess it makes sense because you can't buy anything on the Comixology app, but no, not right. It's not anymore. But Comixology is getting ready to be deprecated, and Kindle and Amazon's going to be it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I am surprised Comixology was left alone for as long as they were. You know what I would love is if Comixology was included on Amazon Prime membership. That'd be actually a really cool thing. Yeah. I mean, if you're making an extra six bucks a month, why? Well, I mean, maybe it will when they combine it into because Audible or isn't you no know, Kindle? You get a free book every month with uh, Prime, don't you? Like a, they choose a book for you, which normally they're shitty books, but sure. I mean, I still want to say Audible, something like that. But I don't know. I think that uh, DC Universe had a lovely thing when it was video and comics in one, but now that DC DC Universe Infinite's just comics. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's not expensive, but it's a bit much if you're not a big diehard fan of it, and it just feels less than it once was. Which yeah. is depressing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, all the video content got rolled into HBO Max, and I get it, and mm-hmm. they're not wrong to be doing it the way that they did. But at the same time, it just feels like a uh, the DC universe just feels like a deprecation from what it once was. Yeah. So. Well, cool. Um, I think that's probably a good place to go out on a complaint about digital technology. I mean, it kind of. Makes sense. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Mr. Adam, what is your grade? I'm going to go with a B. Like I said, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I didn't dislike it. I just thought there were some sticking points that were problematic or I didn't enjoy. And I, I don't really want to go read more. I think the, the final little cliffhanger pulled me out of it. And it's like the, the joke about Terminator was, okay, we've already done this before. So, yeah. And, and maybe I'm, I'm going to joke about Skynet that do exactly the same thing. Exactly. It was very on the this nose. This book is like the Deadpool movie. It's, uh, no, it's, it's more on the nose, kind of more like the, Scream for meta thing. Uh, All right. The, the new screen awesome. is like, oh, look, it's the big jump. He's about to do the big jump scene. And then they do the big jump mm-hmm. scene. And it's like, you're calling out the cliche, but you're doing exactly the cliche. Yeah, that but they make it work. Point, though. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it, it's not bad by any means. And I, I do, I did enjoy overall, but it was kind of a one and done for me. Okay, cool. Sure. Uh, Ms. Lena. Um, I give this like a A minus. I really liked it. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. I like the character. I like Riri. I really, you know, my biggest thing that I said last year was that I wanted them, I wanted us to read books that it wasn't just all about the Black experience Mm -hmm. of anything. And this, while there were hints of things that happened, 
um, it wasn't central to the story. It wasn't, um, it wasn't anything, you know, and, and I think that starting off the whole series, I mean, I don't know about knowing Riri before this, but, um, starting the conversation with her, with the principal and everything that I've talked about already. I just, I loved that. That gave me a lot of hope for the character. Tony's a dick, but he's always a dick. So mm-hmm. whatever, but and like, he's my um, dick. yeah, <laughs> but I, uh, did you just tell well, us what you named it? <laughs> <laughs> There's a funny story about that, but it's actually <laughs> unrelated to my dick. It's just a funny story. I apologize. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I won't read any more of it because I don't want to go into the world of Terminator um, or transcendence or any or transcendence or anything because it's it's not my bag. But like if they, I I knocked it down to an A minus because I wish there was more that it didn't end on Tony. Um, mm-hmm. I would have much rather it had just ended on Riri, and that would have made me really happy. Um, but I still thought it was good. I think she's a great character. Uh, and I just, I really, really love that beginning, you know, mm-hmm. part of the first issue. I just, I think that's so, um, so wonderful. And that's in uh, that the parents were good parents and even her stepfather <laughs> was a good dude. Yeah. Like, so it just made me happy to see that. So, yeah. Cool. Mr. Todd. So I go back and forth on this. It's no, I'm apathetic to Marvel would probably be my best way to rephrase that. Cause I'm, I'm not out against Marvel. I'm just, it's there. Yeah. At the same time, the character, as Elena was saying is um, well-written. Bendis has proven his, I would say Bendis's beginnings are the best part of Bendis's writing mm-hmm. is he really knows how to start and introduce. And he does that part really is probably the best of his writing and his style is act one. Okay. This going in general and this um of everything right it can be powers it can be other things and he does fine in the middle acts sticking the landing can be interesting but his act ones whatever it is is he does great act ones and this i think this shows that as well he um with this writing with riri riri's a strong character riri's 15 she is still young so what was written so well is she's got um great potential and yeah there's still potential shortcomings built into it but i'm gonna give this a b minus i'm not reading further and is it it might be more of my apathy to marvel than anything else okay um i'm gonna go with a b plus um i probably would have gone with a b but because the principal in the opening sequence is obviously drawn to look like stanley hudson from the office um i (laughs) am a little bit of extra points Um, of course Am I wrong though? Is that no. not 100% Stanley? Like, yeah. not even the actor. That is the character of Stanley. Like, that is that sure. is exactly what he looks like. And I read him in that voice. So, um, you know, uh, so it was a little more like Eeyore saying, she's smarter than all of us. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's where I'm at. Like, I, I liked it. I might conceivably maybe pick it up, read the next one, but I, I don't I don't see it in the near future. Um when know. you run out of other things to read, you might go back. Yeah, my my TV red pile is almost under twenty. Like, oh, I know, I know. Because my goal well, is, I've got my, a few to be read that you yeah. probably haven't read in my stuff that you'll be. Oh no, I am I am terrified of the day that well, and it's coming soon that we live in the same state and our collections will have to start rivaling each other. Your powers combined. Oh, my gosh. oh God, Woo! Captain Planet. Yes. <laughs> Captain Comic. Captain Comic. Uh, Dude, I just picked up 
Mike Grell's Green Arrow run, and it's almost 3,000 pages of Green Arrow. I yeah, that's the problem I'm hitting now is that I put off all my big omnibus collections and things like that until the end. So my, my it's going to slow down real fast here in a bit, <laughs> but... Uh, but uh, so far, I've been plowing through at a pretty good clip. So I read great stuff too. That's the other nice thing. It's like I've I've done this before, where I've tried to read through my two red pile, and I've kind of slogged through other books that I wasn't terribly interested in, but I wanted to continue on the series. And so far, I've read a lot of really fun stuff that I really liked. So it's what's it's been, been your good. favorite? Uh, like something awesome, not your favorite. Say this was great that you just read. Um, what did I? What have I read recently? Oh, uh, Batman: City of Bane. Um, the the end of uh, Tom King's run. I read okay. that a couple of days ago, and like I really liked it. I thought it was actually a really great ending to that storyline. It was actually kind of sweet, slightly romantic, which was kind of nice. Um, I yeah, it's great. I actually like it. Um, sure. They announced a uh, deluxe edition for that coming out in a few months, so I've been holding out for that. So gotcha. I don't have those. There's also this weird manga called uh, Saint Young Men which I'm reading volume two of right now. Basically, the, the plot is is that Jesus and Buddha come back to Earth and are sharing an apartment in Tokyo and just being tourists around Tokyo. And like you do. It's so funny. Like, and it's like, it's just like, even from like the American tra- or the English translation is very funny, but they also put in like weird little, like at the end, they're like, they put in little cultural clues as to what some of the jokes are culturally as well. Um, but yeah, there was, I was just reading one where they were stuck in a heat wave and um, they go to a restaurant and just keep ordering waters so they can sit in the restaurant air conditioning as long as possible. And like, it's starting to get busy and Jesus is like, oh, we really should leave. Like the, the waiters need to, these tables or whatever. And food is like, I can sit, if I could sit for, you know, a hundred years, this will be like, this will be nothing. I can sit here and, and take up air conditioning. So it's like, it's basically just like, yeah, Buddha and, and Jesus trying to hold down a, a booth at a, a diner just for the air conditioning. Like, it's just <laughs> weird. Like, I, I love it, but it's just bizarre. It's super fun. So yeah, I've been, that was another one that I've, I've really enjoyed so far. So there you go. There's my two recommendations for, for my recent batch. And I've read a lot of stuff. There's a lot of other good things. But those are just the two that popped in my head. So awesome. Anyway. But yeah, uh, cool. I think that'll do it for this week. Next week, we're going to be reading uh, Killmonger, which I'm really excited about because on one of my old water bottles, I used to have a sticker that said Killmonger was right. Um, but uh, yeah, this is, I think it's technically Black Panther Killmonger by any means necessary. Um, but that'll do that. And then I don't know if we've announced it yet or not, but in March, we're going to be doing Sword and Sorcery Month. Um, we are going to be reading uh, Monstrous. Uh, which I'm giving a second chance to. I didn't like it the first time I read it. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I tried to, I, I fell out of that one. So, yeah. On my own. No, there's now 36 issues of Monstrous out. Of, out I'm just excited the Sharding Saga back up again. I need to catch up. Yep. The new issue just came out um, today. 55. 55. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to be reading Autumn Lands, which has been on the recommendations from my comic shop for a long time. So I'm excited to do that. Uh, Brides of Heilheim or Helheim, um, mm-hmm. which I am more aware of because of the fact that it's Joella Jones's artwork early in her career. So I'm excited about that. Um, and then Once in Future, which is by uh, Karen Gillian, who uh, also wrote uh, Phonogram, which we didn't like as much, but um, uh, Wicked, Wicked of the Divine, Divine, which we didn't really Yeah. So um, that's a, a, a book of his, which I believe is sort of King Arthur ish to my understanding. It is. And Dan Mora drew it, who did a whole bunch of Tom King's Batman. Oh, cool. Phonogram is the one that was all the hips. It was very like hipster music stuff. It used to be so cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Okay. With like the vampires and, well, they went back in time. They were all trying to do hard. 
Yeah, the cultural vampires yeah. or the music. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. They were all like into new wave shit, and yeah. it was just like all the most obscure. It was obst- obscure British pop from the mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, Lena, okay. I almost want to gift you the first trade of uh, of Wicked and Divine because that was one of the very few things we gave an A plus to because that yeah. is absolutely fantastic. Like, I think yeah. you would really? actually like that a lot. Yeah, it's, it, like, was, it was. Tell... It was like our our level of like for a long time. It still is to a certain point in time. If we were going to give it an A, we're like. Is a wicked and divine level, and like that was sort of like the high watermark that we would base stuff off of for a long, long time. Yeah, so, so. I'll yeah. I'll find a way. I think it might even be on unlimited, but I'll I'll look and let you know because that I think you'd really enjoy it because you could tell with phonogram it was like he was trying to figure things out, and then it was yeah. like okay, I got it now. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, wicked and divine is a very much him not only figuring out what he was trying to do for um uh phonogram but also um he as i've come to learn from his instagram and because of the fact that he wrote once in future is a bit of a D nerd as well so there's a little bit of that intermixed like sort of this this idea of gods and that kind of thing intermixed into um wicked and divine which i think is really really cool so and like the overall run i read the whole thing and enjoyed it i don't know if anybody else has finished the whole run but i've i liked all of it um i haven't finished it yet i've got that last thing. yeah i need you know, to go back and reread a bit because I, I I went back and tried to catch up, and then I was like completely lost because I missed like five issues. So I had to go back yeah. and find them. But and yes, uh, Lena, the first one is called the Faust Act, and it is on there for free on Comicsology. So yeah, I just found it. Yeah, highly recommended. Um, also, Todd, you'll appreciate this. The book I'm probably going to read at work tonight. I am finally going to read the last trade of the original run of Fables because I've been holding off for a long time because By I did the not. The last trade is the last issue. It's a super deluxe issue. The oh, whole okay. trade is a issue 150 yeah so i'm finally gonna read that tonight probably because i've been i've not wanted that series to end for so long that i have just not read the book and it's i think tonight's the night i'm finally gonna read it so awesome i have such mixed feelings as uh bill william came out and he did six issues of uh batman and and bixby in gotham oh interesting so you've got bixby doing his uh big b sorry big b big b wolf and batman's hunting big b oh that's interesting and bill william wrote the six issues and then they're going to be firing up fables again interesting because why not go back to that well? Because you know what, amazing. And I'm so I'm still saying you need to go back, and if you can find it, because Telltale Games went under, but they've been re- resurrected. The uh, The Wolf Among Us was their. Was great. doing the Walking Dead games on like the PlayStation yeah. and PC. Yeah, they did one on Fables, and that was actually my introduction to Fables that got me into Fables. Mm-hmm. Dude, and it's that, really, really good. That game was good, but yeah, I Fables and Vertigo Comics. All in all, is Vertigo is what hooked me into comics and brought me in. Yeah, so I started at Vertigo, and it's like, so it's like, oh, what did I'm like Vertigo did? It. Yeah. Uh, I'm similar. In fact, actually, I've thought about that. The other thing that kind of got me into it was uh, Daniel Clowns because it was comics I could actually get at most standard um, bookstores and things like that. So it's a little, it's definitely on the indie side, a little artsy fartsy, um, which kind of works for me, obviously. Um, so, uh, yeah. What's really funny is uh, so in college, that's when I really got heavily back into comics because the comic shop by my dorm was where I play Magic the Gathering once a week. My buddy would come down and hang out with us. In hindsight, it's really funny because of those cards I was playing with, I have one left and it's going for over $1,500, which nice. like, those were like, Woo! yeah, back in the day, those were like, oh, these are worth $5. We don't care about these. Mm-hmm. But uh, Curtis, the guy I worked there, is, uh, I remember it was so funny because he's asked me about, it's like, well, you read the Dark Phoenix saga, right? And I was like, well, I've seen the Phoenix cartoon. He's like, no, 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 no. So he got me the Dark Phoenix co- comic. He bought it for me. The, the first trade was like 20 bucks. And then the dude, Dave, who played there, who was like the Magic the Gathering like expert, like his ex, like, oh, this deck's worth $1,000. Well, nowadays you could sell it and literally buy a house, even in Utah kind of thing. That's how into it he was. 
he was all about one called the poison elves and it was a small little indie comic i don't even know who it was by but it was about these little elves like in a DD thing and they and the main character's name was lucifer and he was an asshole but he was my asshole and i really enjoyed him <laughs> so the poison elves also is one that i'm sure no one in the history of ever knows of but like me and two people but mm-hmm. it was really fun too nice cool well, uh, yeah, so that'll do it for uh, this week. And then uh, next week we continue. And well, okay, anyway, I'm cutting all of this out because I sound like an idiot there and that doesn't make any sense. So, uh, cutting the whole podcast? Yep, cutting, cutting okay. up to this point in time. Everything before this was gone, it's been <laughs> edited out. We liked the book. Thanks for joining us. Two minute podcast. Bye bye. Uh, so, uh, thanks for joining us and we will see you all later. Bye. bye. Todd's going for the bass tones today, huh? I did. I went to the song last night, so I can't hear any high points. Oh, okay.